0: Welcome to Modern Family Matters, a podcast devoted to exploring family law topics that matter most to you, covering a wide range of legal, personal, and family law matters with expert analysis from skilled attorneys and professional guests. We hope that our podcast provides answers, clarity, and guidance towards a better tomorrow for you and your family. Here's your host, Steve Altishan.
1: Welcome, everyone. I'm Steve Altishian, Director of Client Partnerships at Pacific Cascade Legal. I'm here with licensed family and marriage therapist, Sue Horton, to discuss the irreparable damage that parental alienation can have on a family after divorce and what to do when you see it happening. So, Sue, before we start in, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got to be what you're doing now?
2: Yeah. um, Well, as you mentioned, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I I also happen to be the former director of a therapeutic boarding school for troubled teens. So I have extensive experience um, working with families in crisis um, for many, many years, hundreds of families. And of course, what I see over time are patterns. familiar patterns of dysfunction and this is one of them so i wanted to talk to you about it um, it is probably the most underrated form of abuse um, that goes on in a in a family when when a couple is going through a divorce
1: yeah it, it was kind of fascinating because you know we kind of touch on it on some things well and you know the judge always says don't say bad things you know about the other parent and and that kind of stuff but this goes it feels like it goes a little bit beyond that so can to start with the with the you know obvious question which i always do is you know what Where really is, is parental <laughs> alienation
2: yeah so it's when one parent starts bad-mouthing the, the alienated parent by sharing what i would term intimate aspects of why the relationship fails and what's wrong with that other parent on a very um on a level that that child really doesn't need to know about and shouldn't know about quite frankly they shouldn't be really involved with that and parents tend to do it inadvertently i think to begin with and then that child changes sort of their role and becomes more of a friend and a, and a person you bent to and and you lose sight of the fact that that child is is that alienated parents child too and you're really putting that relationship at risk for a lifetime of difficulty
1: and it's exactly like that. Like you're talking about, you just sort of get into this becomes your little individual therapist. Hmm. So it's not, I'm assuming that there's not an age where the child is suddenly, Oh, okay. It's okay to do this. I mean, it feels like this is not good no matter if they're two or if they're 18.
2: Yeah. I even believe as a young adult, it just, I mean, they're already experiencing, um, you know, that lack of foundation that comes with, Two parents divorcing. They're already feeling unstable. You'll see no matter what, you'll see some sense of responsibility that the, the child takes on for that disconnect, that relationship coming to an end. So this just adds insult to injury in terms of the child's positioning in that disconnect. They feel even more responsible for taking care of the parent that, that's badmouthing the other parent because they're bringing up all the reasons why um, they no longer love that parent or care about And want to be with that parent, Um, and you start to see all forms of um, behaviors that come out in that child where they don't want to be around that parent, and that's really the telltale sign that something like this is going on. And by the way, it's not something that is necessarily publicized. It can be a family, you know, an intimate secret in the family, right? So it wouldn't necessarily come up at a at a judgment, for example, that that's going on. Um, It's sort of a private kind of understanding sometimes with the parent, you know, that's doing it and the um, child, you know, let's keep this as between us. We're buddies here. And you're yep. really removing that child from being, you're really crossing boundaries that you shouldn't cross as a parent.
1: You see, and um, we'll, go, we'll talk a little bit about it because it was really kind of cool. And it, but you you talk about how this toxic environment is created. And so it's not, it sounds like it's not just affecting the kid it's affecting everybody it's like it just sort of spreads
2: well that child is confused by it you know think about it from that viewpoint how confusing that would be to suddenly see a part of your parent that you never knew about and a negative part um, that you sort of it's sort of been kept from you because it's you know was part of the relationship and and it was private to the relationship and now you're giving them a view of that parent that Really, it's really destructive on so many levels. Especially if it's it's the same gendered parent, um, for example, because that's their role model. That's their original role model, and it will impact all their relationships moving forward, their friendships as well as their intimate potential um, marriages and in relation, you know, primary partners in life. They, they'll lack trust. They'll lack that sense of security that comes with you know knowing that that parent's whole and, and reliable. You're undermining all those pieces and parts of that foundation that's so essential in a developing child, Um, even in a young adult, by the way, (laughs) that's especially when it's when they're vulnerable, in my opinion. And I see it over and over again, you know, Oh, I
1: imagine, you know, and it's funny because you say, you know, you say this is, this is abuse. This is, this, this rises to that level. And, you know, in, in, family law cases and in sort of the general concept that people have of child abuse is just, you know, someone hitting a kid, but it doesn't have
2: to be that to be abuse. Right. It's yeah. It's an emotional form of abuse. abuse. And it's, it's really, again, and I I put it in the chapter called ambiguous abuse because there are abuses that we aren't even aware that we're, you know, perpetuating in a, in a system, a family system. And this is one of the ones that really stood out for me because I saw it so many times. especially kids coming into the school, the therapeutic school, where the parents were either going through a divorce or about to go through. And typically there was that going on as well as the child's issues. And again, that's another important point that we see issues emerging from this sort of behavior around depression, anxiety, self-loathing, you know, the, the, the child's sense of self diminishes, their sense of stability, all the things that we could avoid if we just as that parent went to a professional and got professional help vented these emotions with adults and you know safe friends for example um rather than your children we talk about the effect of, of this child's kind
1: of behavior and what are some of the behavioral changes that you see in the children i mean how you know what kinds of things do they start doing that this. You know, you go, this isn't right.
2: Yeah, they have an emotional cutoff with that alienated parent. So they, you know, again, the bond, that original parent-child bond is severed. Typically, you'll see an inverted hierarchy where the child will start parenting that alienated parent and telling that alienated parent what to do and how they should treat maybe the other parent. So it's really distorted thinking going into place around relationships in general. Sometimes we see some trauma with the allied parent, you know, where they've, they're playing out some version of their unresolved trauma in the relationship with the child, um, which is, again, so distracting and distorting for that child and confusing. You also see the um, absence of empathy toward that alienated parent. So they stop caring that, I mean, that parent's going through a lot too. Both parents are experiencing grief to some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's there's just it's again it's very toxic and destructive and I just highly recommend um when you're going through a divorce please don't badmouth or yeah. uh, complain to to one of your children no matter how old can this affect the
1: physical connection as well I mean it it cuz we hear a lot you know well my son doesn't want to come visit me because you know my my spouse is saying things about me. I mean, it's, it seems like it could even be like this physical break.
2: Absolutely, the bond the bond is physical as well as emotional. So yes, you you'll and you see that a lot with younger kids where they don't want to be hugged or they don't want to be touched anymore by the the alienated parent. It's terrible, yeah. and then there's trying to repair it you know, which is a lot of the work I do. Um, Unfortunately, um, you know, people are coming to me after this impact and saying, you know, can we fix this relationship? It's very difficult to reestablish trust and love even, you know, that, that this can just do real damage to the foundational elements of that relationship with that parent.
1: Can it go like, I want to say, generational? Um, I know you use the term multi-generational, but it seems to me that when this happens, it can, it can be toxic for the grandparents. It can be toxic for the parents, the, the kids. Um, the kid may go to school
2: and start to, I mean, it, it, this yeah. is like a toxicity that can spread. It goes everywhere. You're right. And that's exactly correct. I, it It destroys the family, the sense of family, the sense of unity, stability. Um, foundation in the family overall. You're right; it, it is generational, and even honestly, um, it can affect that child's children. You know, it can be brought down that way. Um, you know, because they're they're learning a, a kind of a distorted attachment bond with a, an allied parent that is, you know, becoming friends with them when they still need parenting themselves. Right. Um, yeah. So that, that takes years to, you know. <laughs> They're going to be in therapy. I can tell you that 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 child's going to be in therapy or not be able to have a relationship with you know an intimate or even friendships are tough, by the way, you know, yeah, just, even
1: with probably their friends. I mean, yes, I can so, see that because yeah, um, yeah. all those things you talk about, you know, low esteem, lack of trust, depression. I mean, that affects your 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 work relation with everything. um so what what do you? What do you, let's say you are the parent being disaffected. You are, you are the one sort of being a lid cut off. Um, it's an impossible
2: place. Let me tell you. What,
1: yeah, what, what, Where do you start? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm assuming we can come to someone like you. I mean, but if I walk in and I go this, I, I don't know. I think this may be, you know, kid doesn't want to talk to me anymore. You know, says these things about me that, that I don't know how they found out. I mean, all that kind of stuff where, you
2: know, where do you, and I say, what do I do? (laughs) Yeah. I I do like to meet with the child first to find out their distorted view. I'll call it um, of that person, that parent. And, and then I just start dismantling those on the, those ideas. Um, and help that child to see that that other parent is a whole person (laughs) you know they're not just the pieces that were introduced and again in a distorted destructive way and and maybe I even help that child to see that parent as more of separate from them because that the other thing that goes on is that child becomes codependent they're trying to fix and make things better with the, the ally parent. They're trying to save the ally parent. They're trying to protect the ally parent from hurting and crying and feeling sadness. It's a, it's a terrible place to put a put a child in, no matter what, by the way, even if they're in the 30s, you know? Um, so I, I try to get, you know, my work is with that child first and foremost, because they're the ones that have been told lies, basically. Maybe not lies, but they're certainly not the places and parts of that other parent's character that they'd want to look at singularly. So I try to create a whole person and then I get them back together with that alienated parent and we start um, talking about repair and forgiveness. Um, It's a lot of work, but also realizing that the allied parent was perhaps more broken at that time. And it's usually a few years later, by the way, that this can even occur. Usually that child's Gosh, been disconnected for years before there's even any hope of repair work. Usually, though, I will tell you that there is always there's something in the child in most cases, not every case, but in most cases that misses that parent because there was an original bond and they do see that parent, you know, as a significant person in their lives. Um, So I always hold out hope for forgiveness as my my go to. Um, and I, I work, I work really hard on those relationships because I know how important they are. And when they do repair and there's, you know, all kinds of changes in that, it, there's all kinds of good that can come from that. That's the other side of it.
1: So I think a takeaway, one of the takeaways I just got from this is that this is not something that is necessarily fixed, you know, while the kid's nine or 10 or, or can be, but. But it's it's kind of never too late, kind of a thing.
2: I mean... I don't think so. Um, and that's that's a really good point that you, you make. And important for... Is I know the parents out there that have been the alienated parent and have given up essentially on, on connecting with their children. I can tell you from experience that many, many, many people have come to me and we've done that repair work. Um, you know, if you're willing to... You know, it's hard. I mean, they're really hard on you. The kids are really hard on you. <clears throat> to begin with. But if I, again, if I can dismantle that delusion or illusion that that parent is only that negative picture that that child has. Um, and then it's easy to do, by the way, because <laughs> it yeah. wasn't truth. It wasn't the whole truth. And you can absolutely go to the fact that that other spouse was broken and, and in pain. And and sometimes, by the way, you can get that spouse that did that damage to come in and say they're sore, sorry as part yeah. of the, their work. Oh, um, that was, I was just going to ask that. I was going to say, can I mean,
1: that parent who's doing it has issues, obviously, <laughs> and, and needs yeah. some help. Is that something that, I mean, they all can be part, I don't know if they do it together or not, but, but uh, are, they, are they generally separate therapists or can it be the same therapist?
2: Well, my in my work, I mean, different therapists do different things. I'm a great believer in the whole system being in the same place at the same time for things like this, because that's where you can get the whole truth, by the way. You know, because everybody, you separate them out, you know, everyone's gonna have their version yeah. uh, and in somewhat distorted version in most cases. So this is something I would I would meet with them separately to begin with to get their version, because <laughs> that's important to understand and know uh going into this kind of work. But then I would also I'd have to see hope of, by the way, forgiveness on everybody's part and, and for there to be a real intention around wanting to heal and wanting to forgive and wanting to move forward from that original, you know, damage for everybody. Is there, are there triggers you find that make someone do
1: this? I mean, is it like out of shame they're covering up or maybe they feel they were the, they got the short end of the sticker. I mean, what 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 kind of
2: drives people to do this? I do think it's the victim typically in the relationship. So the, the person left, I'll call it, you know, the decision maker is usually the stronger yeah. you know person in the scenario. Um, and so the victim stays in that loop, you know, of denial <laughs> that they had really anything to do with it. And then they start blaming and shaming, which is where this comes from. And they hide, you know, behind something that you know, makes them look better. And this is also contributes toward that. So there's a real disconnect with them taking responsibility for their part in the divorce, in the separation and why it came to that. Um, And I think the shame is around the fact that they failed with their kids, you know, that there's, they've done something to fail their children. And so they want to come out looking good. As being the, you know, it wasn't my fault. It was all your, you know, your other parents' fault. And so some of it comes from just staying in that victim loop. And it really isn't until that spouse realizes that, you know, that's why I, I'm so I so emphasize self-awareness in my book. I think when you become aware that you're doing this, and I have found this with some of the parents that are doing it, like they they didn't realize that they were causing so much damage. So sometimes even that piece, um, you know, creating that awareness can, you know, set off a light bulb and get some movement around change. And that that hopefully that allied spouse will start to realize and get up to that accountability loop, where you you know you own your part. And then we can go toward forgiveness um, and learn from it all, and hopefully move forward in positive directions for everybody. Yeah, that would be cool.
1: Is this something that can smolder? <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes you see where what seems to be a pretty good relationship just breaks down maybe 10 years later, five years later, or after a new person comes into the into the family mix. And suddenly the the one of the spouses starts to do this kind of stuff. They start to, you know, badmouth when they
2: really didn't before. I think it happens early, quite frankly. I I see it like in the rawness of a divorce, you know, when the shock, you know, kind of the grief period, the angry, you know, that, I see it more there. If anything, I see the the shift toward wanting to heal um, or seek forgiveness, I'll call it. Um, I see that when the, you know, the allied spouse has, has maybe remarried, maybe gotten some help and gotten more stable themselves. Um, They can also see the impact that it's had on their children, (laughs) not having the other spouse, not being connected to the other spouse or the ex-spouse, I should say, um, the other parent. And I think it's where um, it might be a wake-up call of sorts, especially if that child's experiencing some significant mental health issues, for example. They could see that maybe that's part of the reason why for the first time. And sure. they will seek some kind of way to heal that relationship as a result. But you never—I don't see it as a later on, unless something emerges after the separation, like you know, uh, somebody maybe gets together with a an old friend, for example, and there's a reason to ignite anger toward this the ex-spouse. I maybe you'd see it there, but I I have seen it pretty consistently in in you know, early on in a in a divorce process, even when the by the way, the parents are both still in the same home getting ready to separate.
1: Yeah. You can see it there. Um anyway. So this is something to be aware of, like right off that. I mean it, it's something that everyone should or at least if they can start to see this is what it might be. What do you end up telling a parent though? Who is engaging in these behaviors? I mean what what can you say to them? I mean that I mean, how do, how do you start them to stop doing this if you can?
2: I, I think it's awareness, first and foremost, making them aware. And I I can do it through the child if there's a, you know, because usually I'm seeing the identified child and their, their behaviors are a result of something like this, for example. So I'll be able to go back to the parent when I bring the parent in to say like, well, do you realize that you were bad mouthing <laughs> the dad or the mom or whatever? And and just, you know, really bring it to light that way. Um, and I would absolutely um look to find a way toward healing and repair work because there's there's a ton of repair work that has to go on um and you know, after this has gone on for a few years. Um I would also you know, highly recommend that that parent see a therapist where they can vent those harder emotions with the therapist a professional, um, rather than their child. I'd certainly ask them to stop doing it right away if I saw it happening. And I'd be really clear and and concise about that's what's happening. You know, you need to stop this. It's, you don't cross those boundaries. Um, it's toxic. It's destructive. Yeah.
1: Wow, we just blew through almost 30 minutes. This was really, really interesting. Yeah. But Good. before we go, I do want to give you obviously the opportunity to maybe talk a little bit about your, the book you've written about this. And um if someone is maybe wanting to get a hold of you, let them know how they can do that.
2: Yeah. Um so I have written a book called Raising a Resilient Family, um how to create strong communication and connection in a deeply distracted world. You can find it on Amazon and Audible. Uh, my website is www.raisingaresilientfamily.com. And my direct email is sph, horton 915 at gmail.com. And you're welcome to send me questions or ask me about the book. But the book really contains very it's very much solution oriented it gives parents ideas and strategies on how to create conversation uh deeper dives into you know what's going on with the child how to emotionally connect with the child when they're you know Hiding out in their rooms on video games, for example, um, I've worked with hundreds of families in crisis, as I said, but I've also worked with families in my private practice where we're just they were just looking for ways to prevent the disconnection from emerging as they saw their their young uh, middle aged kids going into high school. That's where you start to see it. I'm sure you parents can know exactly what I'm talking about there. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of ways. And I talk about listening. I talk about accountability and self-awareness a lot. It's a, it's really a foundational piece in the book. I,
1: yeah. I love that. I love that. And I love the idea you said to help prevent it. I mean, just kind of learn about what it does before you start doing it. Because like I said, some people may not want to do it. They just, it's their natural, I mean, they just Kind of our man, they do it. But we have to go. Okay. But before we go, thank you again for being here, Susan, to sit down and talk with us today about, I mean, parental alienation, something a lot of people don't understand, the damage it can create. um, And you said in such a clear manner, and this is kind of high-level stuff, you know, kind of brain-wise, but you, you really bring it to a point where we understand it, even me. So that's
2: always good. So thank you
1: again for being here.
2: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh,
1: it was great. And thank you everyone for joining us. Anyone with further questions on the topic can post it here and we can get you connected with Sue. Until then, stay safe, stay happy and be well. Thank
0: you. This has been Modern Family Matters, a legal podcast focusing on providing real answers and direction for individuals and families. Our podcast is sponsored by Lander Home Family Law and Pacific Cascade Family Law, serving families in Oregon and Washington. If you are in need of legal counsel or have additional questions about a family law matter important to you, please visit our websites at landerhomelaw.com or pacificcascadefamilylaw.com. You can also call our headquarters at 503 227 to schedule a case evaluation with one of our seasoned attorneys. Modern Family Matters, advocating for your better tomorrow and offering legal solutions important to the modern family.